ordinary horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! Let's go, big fellow! I'll still The Lone Ranger and Tonto were in the village of Chief War Cloud in the valley south of Lookout Mountain. While Tonto visited with others in the peaceful settlement, the masked man sat cross-legged on the ground in the wigwam of the chief himself. All white men are very happy that you're living in peace, Chief Warcloud. Days of war, all gone. You make peace for Indian and soldier. You make good peace. It lasts. <laughs> You've changed a lot in the years since the Battle of Mesa Mountain. Ah, that many years ago. At that time, you were determined to make war until the last soldier had been killed. Soldier, enemy of Indian then. Now, soldier friend. What is it, Tonto? Me see boy on bank a stream. Him catch strange fish and hook. Oh, an old pistol. Ah. You remember Indian War on Mesa Mountain when we scout for soldier? War Cloud and I were just talking about those days, Tonto. But what has the war to do with this old pistol? That time, pistol lost. Now, it found. It's same one. You see name cut and handle? Name? C A. R.S. Name, Carslake. Carslake? Ah, you remember? Captain Carslake. Carslake. Yes, I do. He was court-martialed on a murder charge. Right after his trial, he was killed in the battle on Mesa Mountain. I wonder why this rawhide is tied to the trigger guard. 
When Indian fish gun from water, rawhide plenty long. But it break. Oh, here. Here are the piece. Rock tied to end. It's strange that Carslake's gun turns up at this time. Why, it's strange. Carslake's wife and son are due for their annual visit to his grave on Mesa Mountain. They'll probably arrive in Valley Bend about the same time as Dan Reed. Maybe we'd are glad to have old gunner Captain Carslake. This is a murder gun. The one that couldn't be found at the time of Carslake's trial. I... What matter? I've just had an idea, Tonto. I want to think about it. The Lone Ranger and Tonto soon left War Cloud's village and moved to the vicinity of Valley Bend where they made camp. During the next two days, the masked man spent a lot of time examining the old Carslake pistol and recalling details of a murder and court-martial. Get up! Come on! Dan Reed, the masked man's teenage nephew, had completed a school year and was on the westbound stage for Valley Bend. He had become acquainted with a 14-year-old boy named Jim Carslake and Jim's mother, who were also passengers. Are you going to see friends in Valley Bend, Dan? Yes, Jim. The best friends I have. How about you? Mom and I are going there to visit Father's grave. Oh, I'm sorry about your father. Mom and I come here every year on his birthday. Is he buried in Valley Bend? No. His grave's on Mesa Mountain with the other soldiers. Oh, then your father was a soldier. Sure was. And he was a mighty good one. He was a captain, wasn't he, Mom? Yes, Jimmy, he was. Oh! Oh! Charlie, we're here already. The trip seems shorter than a year ago. And there's the hotel. I'll open the door. There's Jake Peavy. I remember him. Jimmy, take this bag. I'll take it, Mrs. Carslake. Oh, thank you, Dan. Hey, Jake. Hello, Jake. Remember me? Oh, hello, Carslake. Golly, Jake, you've grown more than I have since a year ago. How are you? Who wants to know? Huh? Well, golly, are you sore at me for something? Put your hand down, Carslake. I'm not shaking hands with you. Your father was a murderer. He was not. Oh, no? If I were you, Carslake, I wouldn't boast about being a son of a captain. And I wouldn't be decorating a grave. My dad was a captain. Yeah, yeah. If the Indians hadn't shot him, the law would have hung him for murder. Ask him off, I'm not right. Ask him off. That isn't so. Boy, you hit me, will you? I'll see what I like. Hey, I'll I'll show you. Jimmy, Jimmy, stop it. Break it off. Come on, cut it out, Jake. Jimmy, stop it. Stop it. Do you hear me? You hang on to that one. That's good enough. I'll hold Jake. Let me go, will you? Stop it, Jake. Calm down. Take it easy. He hit me first. Can't change things about my dad that way. Jake, you ought to be ashamed picking on a boy smaller than you are. He hit me first, I tell you. Call my dad a murderer. Ask him off. It isn't true. Jake, you shut up. Go on now, Van Mooser. I'll tan your hide. All right, I'm going. But Carslake needn't think he can brag and boast about his pa while I'm around. I'll get the rest of your bags, Mrs. Carslake. Thank you. Golly, Jim, I'm sorry I had to grab you so hard. Oh, that's all right, Dan. I, I shouldn't get so mad. But when Jake told lies about my dad, I... Mommy, he did lie, didn't he? Jimmy, a finer, more honest man than your father never lived. We... we must never doubt him, no matter what we hear. What did Jake Peavy mean? I... I'll tell you about it when we get into the hotel. Tell me now. Wasn't Dad a captain? Yes, dear. And a fine soldier. But he had an enemy, another officer. The other officer was killed on Mesa Mountain, and your father was charged with the murder. What? But but he wasn't guilty? I'll never believe he was guilty in spite of the verdict of the court-martial. Court-martial? Jimmy, you're old enough to face the truth as I have faced it. The court sentenced your father to death before the firing squad. 
He was being held when the Indians attacked the camp on Mesa Mountain. He fought with the others, and bravely, I'm sure. He was killed by Indians like many other brave soldiers. But unlike the others, he was not buried with military honors. I'll never believe my dad did anything wrong, no matter what Jake Peavy says. Jimmy's face was pale, but his head was high as he took his mother's arm and entered the hotel. Dan Reed found Tonto waiting with his horse, Victor, at the livery stable. As he told about the fight, a strange expression came to Tonto's face. The Indian said, When we reach camp, Dan, you tell Lone Ranger what happened. Him know plenty about Captain Carr's Lake. Him know plenty about murder. In camp, when Dan had repeated the story about Jimmy and Jake Peavy, the masked man said, I'm terribly sorry for Jimmy and his mother. Do you know them, sir? No, Dan, but I've heard of their annual trips to Carslake's grave. And I knew Captain Carslake. So did Tonto. Ah, and him fine soldier. How did you know them? Years ago, Dan, Tonto and I were serving as scouts for Colonel Anderson. Colonel Anderson? Or... Yes, his regiment fought the Indians on Mesa Mountain. In that battle where Captain Carslake killed. I see. He was being held a prisoner under sentence of death when the Indians attacked. He fought with the others. By dying in battle, he escaped the firing squad, but he couldn't escape his disgrace. I'll show you something. Here, this was Captain Carslake's pistol. Oh, golly. Where did you get this? For years, it lay on the bottom of a stream. An Indian boy found it a few days ago. Why is this rawhide tied to the trigger guard? I don't untie it, Dan. That rawhide is very important. It is? I hope it may clear the name of a good soldier. You mean Captain Carslake? Yes, Dan. Uh, Kimasabi. Yes? Tell Dan about shooting when Carslake was blamed for murder. Would you like to hear the story, Dan? Oh, I sure would. Uh, me fix food while you talk. Well, Dan, as I told you, Tonto and I were scouting for Colonel Anderson. I rode beside the colonel during the long, slow trip up the eastern slope to the top of Mesa Mountain. He was talking about the lookout post that had been established on the flat top of the mountain. The station is a two-room building. It's about 20 by 40 feet. Can it be seen from the valley? Yes, of course. It's at the very edge of the high bluff. It was built so men could watch the entire valley. That's why War Cloud and his men are planning to attack. There may be confirmation of your report that Indians are assembling when we reach the lookout. How many men are on duty at the post? Two. Captain Carslake and Lieutenant Vincent. Cars Lake and Vincent had been bitter enemies since before joining the army. The colonel had put them together on the assignment and they hoped that the trouble between them would be ironed out. In the hope they'd become friends. We reached the top of the mountain and pitched camp on a flat plateau. The lookout post stood at the very edge of a perpendicular drop into the valley. Colonel Anderson used one room of the building as his office. Tonto and I were with him after dark when he summoned Captain Cars Lake. The captain opened the door and saluted Yes, sir. Captain Carsleek, your reports of Indian activity in the valley are very complete. Thank you, sir. They confirm the reports of our scouts. But I sent for you, however, because I wish to ask about another matter. Yes, sir. I have, of course, been aware of the enmity between you and Lieutenant Vincent, but uh, I hope the past two weeks have made you more friendly. Colonel Anderson, I'd like to speak to you alone about Lieutenant Vincent. I trust Tonto and the masked man with the security of the entire regiment. 
what you have to say about Lieutenant Vincent. Well, sir, he he's not well. No? No, sir. Though we've had little to say to each other in the two weeks we've been here, I've had a chance to observe him closely. He hasn't complained of illness. Well, probably not. But during the time we've been here, he's kept apart from me as much as possible. In spite of that, I saw him on several occasions taking some kind of treatment with a hypodermic needle. Mm-hmm. As you'll investigate. Colonel Anderson, sir. I... Oh. Yes, Lieutenant Vincent? I, uh, I thought you were alone, sir. I didn't know Captain Carslake was here. I was just about to leave. Thank you for your report, Captain Carslake. Yes, sir. I'm glad you're here, Lieutenant Vincent. I'd like to talk to you. May I ask, sir, what Captain Carslake has been saying about me? Why do you think he's been saying anything? I'll tell you why, sir. We've been bitter enemies for years. The captain finally threatened me. He said he'd find a way to have me drummed out of the army. I don't like that kind of talk. There's something in the next room that I'd like to show you. With your permission, sir, I'll get it. Go right ahead. There's a candle lighted in there. I'll not be long. Plenty strange. What's that, Tonto? Oh, me only think out loud. I see. Well, your mask friend is a good judge of men. What do you think of those two, sir? Carslake makes a better impression. On the other oh, hand... No, no, Carslake, uh, don't you... Colonel Tonto and I leaped to our feet and rushed to the door. The candle flame was dancing in the slight breeze that came through the open windows. By its light, we saw Vincent lying on the floor. In the room, there was a strong smell of burnt gunpowder. Toto dropped to his knees beside the lieutenant while I brought a lamp from the colonel's office. As I placed the lamp on the table, Toto rose to his feet. Him dead. We all heard him named Carslake. Captain Carslake is a murderer. curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. The Lone Ranger, Dan Reed, and Toto were in camp. The masked man was telling his teenage nephew about an incident that had taken place several years before on Mesa Mountain. We had heard Vincent mention Carslake's name just before the gunshot. So, of course, Carslake was suspected. He said he was between the building and the tents when he heard the shot, but it was a dark night and no one saw him, so his alibi was unconfirmed. 
To make it worse, Vincent was killed by a small caliber gun. And Carslake was the only man in the regiment known to have such a weapon. What did Car- Captain Carslake say? He said anyone might have used his gun. That argument was disproved when we learned that Carslake's boots fitted the only footprints in the mud outside one of the windows. Oh, golly. Then Carslake argued that Vincent might have framed him. He might have taken his own life in such a way that the captain would be blamed. But no one could believe that. Vincent couldn't shoot himself through the head and then dispose of the gun. Furthermore, why should Vincent take his own life? Well, the gun wasn't found, sir? No, Dan. Not until now, when the Indian fished it out of the stream. You know the rest. Soon after the court-martial, the Indians attack. There was a hard fight. Cars Lake, even though a convicted man, fought with the others and was killed. What about that rawhide tied to the gun? That, Dan, throws a new light on Vincent's death. That's why I want to talk to Colonel Anderson. On the plateau, many trees had been felled and used for barracks and a kitchen. At one side, a row of crosses marked the burial ground of soldiers who had died heroically. And there were other changes since the last time the Lone Ranger and Tonto had been on the top of Mesa Mountain. But the original two-room building still stood at the edge of the bluff, and the colonel still used one of the two rooms for his office. An aide escorted the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Dan Reed into the commandant's headquarters. Colonel Anderson, the sergeant of the guard, turned these three men over to me, sir. The masked man insists that he... Scott, this is a wonderful surprise. It's good to see you again, Colonel Anderson. And you, Tato. How? You... You know these men, sir? Indeed I do. You may go orderly. Yes, sir. Colonel Anderson, uh, this is a friend of ours, Dan Reed. How do you do, Colonel? Sit down, sit down, all of you. Thank you. I declare it's been a long time since we were together. I wondered if you'd remember Tato and me. Remember you? (laughs) Indeed, sir, I've heard much about your activities since the time you helped bring about a lasting peace with War Cloud's people. Colonel, do you remember the murder trial of Captain Carslake? Eh? Yes. In fact, I'm reminded of it every year about this time. Carslake's widow and son come here annually on Carslake's birthday to visit his grave. Mrs. Carslake and Jimmy are in Valley Bend right now. Speaking of Carslake... I learned something interesting a few months ago. You did? While in Washington, I met a Dr. Brady. Somehow the conversation turned to Lieutenant Vinson. I learned that Brady had taken care of Vinson, that Vinson had a very serious heart ailment. He had to take frequent injections to keep going. Did he use a hypodermic needle? Him? Well, I see that you remember what Carsley testified. Yes. Also, I remember that no medicine was found in Vincent's possessions. He must have disposed of his medicine and the needle before his death. In which case, he may have planned to die. Well, after talking to Dr. Brady, I checked further into the past of Lieutenant Vincent. I learned the cause of the ill will between him and Carsley. Oh? The two were distantly related. Second or third cousins, I believe. An uncle died and left to Carslake some property that Vincent wanted. Vincent tried to get the property. And the methods he used were not above reproach. That is the cause of the enmity. If Vincent knew his life was a matter of only weeks, isn't it possible that he might have arranged what appeared to be a murder? To frame his bitter enemy. Hmm. But of course, the evidence... 
Karslake's boot prints. Vincent might have taken the boots while Karslake slept and left the prints the night before we reached the post. He might also have taken Karslake's gun. But he could hardly have shot himself through the head and then disposed of the gun. That wouldn't have been difficult. It would have been impossible. I'd uh, like the chance to show how Vincent might have taken his own life, then disposed of the gun. Can you? Yes, sir. Uh, may I borrow your gun, Colonel? Yes, take it. I'll need a few minutes to prepare things in the next room. While you're doing that, I'll bring in Majors Hawks and Sneed. They both sit on the court-martial. They'll be interested in what you do. While Tonto and Dan Reed waited in the office, the Lone Ranger made a few preparations in the inner room where Vincent had died. Presently, the colonel returned with two majors, both of whom greeted the masked man warmly. Well, how do you do? Howdy, Major. How are you? Are you ready to give your demonstration, sir? Yes, Colonel Anderson. You loan me your gun. Now, let's pretend that it's Carslake's weapon, that I am Lieutenant Vincent. On the night of the shooting, Vincent was in this room with you. I remember that very well. He told you he wanted to get something from the inner room. You told him there was a candle lighted in there. Yes, that's right. I'll go into the other room just as Vincent did. I'll not be long. I'll not be long. Well, that's exactly what Vincent said. According to the record of the trial, Vincent shouted at Carslake just before the gunshot. No, no, Carslake. Don't shoot me. Oh, golly. Shot. Well, come on. We'll see what it means. Tonto. Tano, he's on the floor. He's shot. Steady, Dan, steady. No one has been hurt. Oh, oh, golly. Colonel Anderson, isn't this where Vincent lay? Uh, Yes, right under the back window. All right, I'll get up. We thought the bullet that killed Vincent was fired from the side window. We were wrong. The shot was fired in this room. Uh, You heard me fire a moment ago. Yes. Yes, I used your gun, Colonel, just as Vincent used the Carslake weapon. But uh, where is the gun? It's gone. The same place Carslake's went. And I give you my word, I didn't touch it after pulling the trigger. And I don't see it. A length of rawhide was tied to the trigger guard. The cord went out that rear window. The other end was tied to a rock which dangled over the cliff. Now I understand. When the dead fingers released the gun, the weight of the rock pulled it through the window. It fell into the stream at the base of the cliff. Yes, I'll find your gun and return it later. No, I don't mind the loss of the weapon. You've made an important point, sir. Vincent might very well have taken his own life. Mm, An interesting theory. It is more than a theory, Major. It's a fact. Tonto, show the officers the Carslake gun. Ah, yeah. That weapon with the rawhide and rock tied to the trigger guard has been in the stream all these years. Spring floods washed it downstream to War Cloud's village. It was found only a few days ago. Well, this is Carslake's gun. And he was not guilty of murder. Is it too late to clear his name? He appealed the decision of the court-martial, but the appeal was never acted on because of his death in battle. Carslake must be exonerated. His wife and son will be here Saturday. We now have a telegraph wire to Washington. We can and shall get busy right away. On Saturday, a carriage and driver from the livery stable brought Jimmy and his mother to the top of Mesa Mountain. Dan Reed was waiting when the team halted. It's Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, Jim. (laughs) How do you do, Mrs. Carslake? Why, Dan, I didn't expect to see you. My friends and I have been waiting for you. Golly, Jim, you're in for a big surprise. A bugle. 
Mom, look at the men and horses. And all the flags. While Jimmy and his mother watched, the soldiers mounted their horses and lined up in formation. Every man and horse was spick and span. Brass buttons were polished till they sparkled like gems in the bright sunlight. Regimental colors waved beside the stars and stripes. Then Colonel Anderson approached with a masked man. They dismounted. I'm glad you're here, Mrs. Kosley. And you, Jim? Colonel Anderson. This masked man is a friend of the regiment and a friend of your husband. How do you do, Mrs. Carslake and Jimmy? He's the friend I told you about, Jim. How, how do you do, sir? How do you do? Mrs. Carslake, you've been here a number of times. Yes, Colonel Anderson. Where my husband was born, it, it has long been accustomed to place flowers on the graves of the beloved dead in the early spring. It's a custom to be preserved. Mrs. Carslake, I have a number of things to tell you. First, the case of Captain Carslake has been reviewed. Your husband has been completely cleared of the charges. Cleared? You mean Posthumously, he... his commission and decorations have been restored. And today I am authorized to present to you the decoration he won for bravery and courage beyond the call of duty. Oh, Mom. As for the custom of decorating graves, in this year of 1868... Our Commander-in-Chief, General John Logan, has issued an order designating the 30th of May as a day for decorating the grave of every American soldier. My, my dad's birthday. Oh. While you place the flowers you brought on the captain's grave, I shall place thereon a flag. And on every soldier's grave throughout this land, there shall likewise be placed our flag. Oh, Mom, I thought everyone had forgotten Dad. He's been dead so long. Jimmy, when a man serves his country as your father did, he doesn't die. He becomes one of the immortals. As memories of your father are treasured in your heart, so is his name and record preserved in the archives of our nation. In a moment, the bugler will sound taps. That is not to honor the dead. It is to honor... The immortals. Because you see, old soldiers never die. Attention! Present!
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's drama was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank <laughs> you.